Hey, and welcome to the Upgrade School Marketing Podcast. I am Matt Soule. I am the Director of Marketing and Communications at Chapel Hill Chauncey Hall School. And I'm Angie Ward, founder of Enroll Media Group, a digital marketing agency for schools. Angie, how's it going? And August, we're, we're, we're moving. How are you doing? Doing great. Yeah, we are on the tail end of summer. It's been flying by, but a lot of good things going on, especially in the school world right now, gearing up for fall. So it's an exciting time. How's everything going with you over at Chapel Hill, Chauncey Hall? Everything is good. Um, you said the full name. That was good. You CHCH, Chapel okay. Hill. We have a very long long name to type out um or to say uh yeah. good we're feeling it i just um just was talking to someone about how this this week is like the week i feel like of everything is you know you have all your summer projects and all your things and all of a sudden you look and you know registration is around the corner and open houses so we're feeling feeling the start of the school year in in the excitement and on the crunch to get everything get everything ready and get everything done so uh, yep. It's coming. It's coming, uh, whether we're ready or not. So we're we're going into it. That's exactly um, right. <laughs> it's also been exciting because we launched this. We launched the podcast. So Upgrade is out in the world. We've been talking about it for a while. And we finally launched the website. And we're on LinkedIn. And the amount of, of uh, messages I've gotten from people and emails and people subscribing already and, and uh, asking to be guests. It's been really, really awesome to see. So yeah, it's been really exciting to launch the first episode and just get it out there. And yeah, a lot of positive feedback. So it's been really cool. And, and it's definitely inspiring um, to keep booking guests and to keep doing this when you have such a positive reaction. Um, yeah. And we've already had quite a few awesome conversations recorded that we're going to be releasing. I can see that you, you know, everybody's already marketing their open houses. So we're going to have a future episode about open house marketing. We're going to be talking to niche, finding school. We have so many other podcasts in, uh, in the pipeline. So it's really exciting. Yeah. And I think the thing that makes it really cool is that we are not experts in all of these areas. So I really enjoy sitting back and listening and asking these questions and and learning along with the entire thing so even if nobody wants to listen if nobody uh you know we're doing this just it's still such a valuable thing because every time we do any conversation i come away with a whole page of of notes of all of the things that i got from that that i need to immediately go and i'm going to go talk to admissions and and get ready to to start going and we have a ton of those notes from this next conversation that we did with Joe Monzo of Monzo Media, who works on uh, with a whole bunch of different schools on videos for them. Yes, and Joe not only does great work, but he's also a really great guy. I've really always admired um, his work and I've had the pleasure of working with him for a few years now. And he has a lot of great, but not overwhelming advice for schools who need to tackle various video projects. So it's a great conversation with Joe that we had. Yeah. And I would just, you know, as a teaser beforehand for people, before you listen to the interview is, you know, it's not all about big, flashy, expensive videos. Um, it's, you know, smaller videos work. And it's a lot of stuff that that schools can do in-house on their own. So um, I think I took a lot from this talk and things that we can do and are actually currently using right now and and starting to uh, repurpose some video and get some student stories up there. So uh, a lot of things that came from this that, that are already put in use. So I hope people get a lot of a lot of great nuggets for it that they can put to use as well. And let's go and let's talk to to Joe Monzo. 
Okay, we're here now with Joe Monzo of Monzo Media Production. And this is a video production company that Joe runs that is working with video production and strategy, helping schools, nonprofits, businesses create compelling video content with a strategic approach in mind. Uh, Joe and his team have been able to work with schools all over the country. They're helping them spread their message. They're helping schools increase their leads and enrollment. And they're finding students who fit the mission of the schools that they work with. Uh, Joe, welcome to the Upgrade School Marketing Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. Great. So good to see you, Joe. I know. Um, it feels like it's been forever. <laughs> I know. It has. It's been a long few years. Um, so Joe and I originally met at the ASAP conference in Colorado almost three years ago now. Um, and I just remember really being drawn to you because as a fellow you know, entrepreneur, we were able to just connect at this conference, talk about school marketing, and uh, we just really hit it off then. So it's so good to have you here and see you again and have you on the Upgrade School Marketing Podcast. Yeah, well, thank you for, thank you for thinking of me and I'm excited as well. And, uh, you know, those were, those were good days, you know, that was a great conference and I really enjoyed my time there and, uh, and meeting you as well. Great. Great. So Joe, uh, you know, the center of our, our focus today is about um, schools and school marketers making videos. So we're going to go through a few different sections where we had, you know, really want to talk about some of the, the planning that people are doing for the videos, because any good video or video series has to start with a solid plan and where it's going to go and what's going to live and, and all that. Um, we're going to talk a bit about making videos, some tips and, and strategies, and maybe some examples of ways uh, people can be making videos either themselves or with a company such as yours and marketing. So, you know, you're making a video for your school and it, you make a great video and you have a great plan. Now, how are you making sure that that video is being seen? So really want to tie all those different elements together into an overall strategy that schools can take and use and start producing videos that are going to attract students that are looking at their schools. Yeah, Absolutely. So just to dive right in, Joe, when it comes to planning um, a video production uh, as a school marketer, do you have any tips for our listeners when it comes to getting started and just planning at the very beginning? How do you get started with something? It seems like such a big undertaking to produce a video. So are there any kind of tips or questions or strategies that you have for schools as they're considering getting a, a video done for marketing purposes? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think at, you know, from like a high level perspective, you know, you, you definitely want to look at, you know, kind of like, what does your marketing funnel look like? Um, you know, where are they going? You know, where is that first introduction of your school coming from? Uh, is it from a Google search? Is it from Facebook, another social media platform? Is it from a referral that takes you to a website? You know, what does that look like? Um, and then from there, you know, you're going to be able to start kind of figuring out like, okay, you know, at, at this point, you know, maybe this is where we are able to add, add some video content. And I'm actually a pretty big component of, um, of utilizing a, a multi-video strategy. Uh, cause a lot of times what, what organizations will do is they'll, they'll make their one video, uh, they'll kind of wipe their hands clean and be like, all right, on to the next thing. But what's been happening, especially in the last few years is, uh, you know, parents have more questions, you know, students have more questions uh, as, you know, as, as students start to, you know, potentially become more involved in, in the, uh, in the enrollment process as well. It's like, you know, okay, what, 
you can't always cram every information into just one video. So it's like, okay, maybe you're focusing on the one video right now, but what can we potentially plan to film, plan to capture for potential future videos? Uh, that's going to be kind of like a big piece as well, because it's, it's going to save you a lot of time. Well, it's going to save you a lot of energy and it's going to you know potentially save you a lot of money as well. Um, so thinking of it from that perspective and each of those videos then play a piece into uh, in, into the, the funnel per se, um, mostly on that top level funnel. But uh, but it, it's really, you know, it, it, it also creates opportunities to tell a variety of different stories um, about your school, because, you know, schools, one of the beauties about 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 schools is, you know, there's so many opportunities to tell different stories. Um, and so that would probably be the biggest thing that I would recommend from a, you know, strategy level and a, you know, potentially planning level. Yeah, got it. And just following up on, on the strategy too. So, um, you know, you find out, you know, top of the funnel, you're trying to get a storytelling campaign in, and maybe you decide on a series, which is interesting, interesting to hear you say, because I definitely have, um, heard from schools that have invested a lot of time and a lot of money on like the three minute big introduction video, which they can be very expensive mm -hmm. for depending on production. There's a, there's a wide range in production um, costs, but you know, and they, there's been, you know, good feeling about them and they live on their homepage and they do that. But I've also heard from people that, you know, sometimes they feel a little bit of a, a letdown from that to say, you know, we did all this and it's on the site and yeah, people click through. But one of the things you, you learn when you start to get into video, like analytics, when you're starting to put videos on YouTube is the watch rate on videos is pretty low. I don't know, like what you've seen in, in that, but it's and a lot of times like people are checking in for a few seconds. Some make it, you know, 30 seconds to a minute in, not many, many people are making it to the end of a three to four minute video, I would believe. Yeah, there could be a couple of reasons for that. Um, you know, it could be just based on, you know, how the video is produced. You know, if you have a lot of distractions, if you don't have, you know, kind of like that eye catching first, you know, three to 10 seconds, uh, that could potentially be a reason why people aren't watching the whole video. Um, it could, I've, I've seen scenarios where it could just be like, you know, they're, they're in a, you know, you know, they're on their phones or maybe in the, in, you know, the doctor's office and they're, you know, they're just watching the video and, you know, suddenly it's their turn to, you know, to, to get to their appointment. There could be a lot of different reasons. Um, I think the biggest thing to, to also consider uh, when, when utilizing, especially for like that main video is where does it go besides just the website? Um, so, you know, it's a great opportunity to kind of utilize that for like email marketing campaigns, or, um, if you have a shorter version of that, you know, you might utilize that for, uh, for, um, for, for like social ads. Uh, if you have it on like your main social media play page for like unpaid ads, um, uh, for more organic purposes, you know, you can utilize it there. Um, but I think the other thing to consider is, you know, making sure that it's easy for people to actually find the video. Um, I, 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 it drives me crazy when people, you know, create great content and then they hide it in like the lower right hand corner of the website, like an unwanted child. Uh, you want to make sure that it's really easy for people to, 
to know that this is a video and that people should click play. Um, and those are kind of more on like some of the tactics standpoints in terms of like, you know, where do you, you know, where does the website actually, or where, where does the video actually go on the website? You know, is it on the top fold? Is it on the lower fold? Is it in the middle? Um, is there a clear, you know, play button in the middle? Uh, and I know I'm getting a little bit ahead, but you know, that could be a potential reason why, you know, people maybe are not seeing as many views on their videos, uh, as they would like as well. Yeah. yeah, and I like that. And of course, we're going to talk about more, a little more about marketing these videos, but this is an important element in the planning phase, right? So when you start to set goals, who am I trying to reach? What message is it I want to get across to my target audience? You have to think about that channel first, right? Because that content, whether you want it to be visible somewhere on your website, um, accessible, top of the funnel to people searching for you online, or maybe you want it for advertising. Um, or for a particular social channel, all of these things need to be part of that planning stage because I assume that's going to impact the format of the video, whether it's a long testimonial, whether it's just kind of a drone shot with a voiceover. So the I love that the planning of this needs to incorporate the output and where it's going to be placed because that's going to inform, you know, the content of the video. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's so true. And you know the. Um... Uh, yeah, because, you know, there could be subtle nuances that, you know, if you're at the end of the project and suddenly it's like, oh, okay, we're going to have this, you know, this three minute video be used for Facebook ads, you know, then it's like, is that going to be as effective as maybe like a shorter version? Um, and it might vary, you know, you might have, you know, some ads that work, you know, if you have a very detailed target audience for ads, uh, and Angie, I'm sure you could attest to this, but like, you know, you might you might get some traction on a longer version, but we found that, you know, the shorter versions have generally done better um, depending on the school as, as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and I like that, you know, you don't necessarily have to have it all figured out, but knowing to capture the right amount of footage to edit smaller, you know, 10 second, I'm, I'm even surprised five second is a thing. Five second videos do very well. And you think yes. about, you know, producing that, it seems so short, but as a user, five seconds, um, when I'm, you know, viewing something, that's actually plenty to, to get a message across. And for me to decide, do I want to keep watching? Do I want to click through? Do I want to engage or not? So believe it or not, five seconds is like, I feel like it's the new 30. <laughs> there's a, uh, yeah, there's this new term called micro content that's starting to get really popular. And I, I love it. I think there's a lot of opportunities there for, for schools to utilize, you know, untapped footage uh, that they can use for, you know, micro content to kind of, for more like lead generation. Um, can you explain what micro content, can you explain what that is, what micro content is? Yeah. Well, so as this name suggests, it is a micro piece of content that can range anywhere from, from the five second mark to the 30 second mark, generally closer to like five to 15. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be anything fancy. Uh, you, you know, you might see a lot of, uh, a lot of marketing influencers put up like a couple second video um, where they're just giving like one golden nugget of, of value. Uh, and, and that could be an opportunity here as well. So it could be like, it could be like a, a 10 to 15 second soundbite of a testimonial saying like, you know, how they're, you know, how their students or how their child's life has changed from en enrolling at the stu or, or at the school. Um, and so that's where, you know, there's a lot of opportunities to, you know, uh, to kind of utilize micro content. Um, and you can utilize that throughout the calendar year in theory. You know, we're talking about the, the planning and now, you know, actually producing this video. 
Um, I guess this is kind of a question in between the, the planning and producing, but when you work with a school, you know, a video should be accomplishing something, right? It should be solving some problem, answering some question, doing that. So how do you approach talking with a school to find out what it is they're trying to accomplish with this video? Yeah, well, so, you know, I think, again, it goes back to like, you know, what are some of the biggest challenges that the school's currently going through right now? So, um, you know, so in this case, if it's, you know, we'll just use, you know, a random school as an example. Uh, if let's say, you know, maybe it's like, you know what, we're, we're just, you know, we're just not getting enough uh, enough views on our website or, you know, people are, you know, they're logging onto our website and then they're, you know, the bounce rate's just super high. Um, you know, what does that look like? And uh, I mean, I mean, there could be a million different, re you know, a, a million different challenges that a school's kind of going through from an enrollment standpoint, you know, from, from, uh, from that aspect. But, you know, one of the things that I always encourage is, you know, really kind of getting into the head of a family, you know, who, you know, really knowing who your audience is, uh, and, and kind of going through that, that parent avatar. Um, and that might seem a little redundant for, for the school marketers who are, you know, who are, you know, they probably know this inside now, but now it's like, you're, you're going even a little bit deeper, uh, in terms of what is their, what's their online experience like, and, you know, where do they, you know, where do they scroll on the homepage, you know, and, or where do they scroll on the website in general? Um, and so generally, um, whenever we're creating videos, I, I generally have, uh, under our phase one process, uh, which is generally the essentials. Um, we have kind of like that main general admissions video. Uh, and that video's goal is really to kind of give people a sense, like, do they want to learn more about the school or not? And if they don't want to learn more about the school, then you're going to save marketing dollars and try not to chase them. If they do want to learn more, then they're going to be able to explore the website a little bit more based on, you know, whatever interest that they have or, or potentially even scheduling a tour. Um, so that's generally kind of, you know, the route that I've taken, uh, for, you know, kind of like that homepage video, because that homepage video, it's not going to have a family say, we're going to enroll. It's just not going to happen. Um, they may, you know, they're going to want to learn more. They're going to want to explore, but ultimately, you know, that, that homepage video is going to be like that gut feeling videos. Like, yeah, this is the place let's learn more. Um, or this could be the place, let's learn more. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, I think, super important to kind of, you know, understand those expectations that, uh, you know, it would be really, it would be pretty amazing if we had a general admissions video uh, that had a family enroll right on the spot. Um, right. So, yeah, so- Or it, even apply, right? Yeah, or, like, or even apply on the spot. Yeah, yeah sometimes I see that homepage video and that's perfect I, I love that um analogy of uh you know a home page is the front door of your school right it's just do you want to come in or not this is who yeah. we are this is what we offer make it enticing but then once you're there um once you visited the website a few times you're maybe on the application requirements pages or maybe it's an accepted student page now you've been accepted and now you have that testimonial video you you need to think about where it's going to live who it's for and that's going to inform um the goal setting of this project and determine you know what you want to start making and yeah that makes a lot of sense and it's just funny when you when you see that video and you're like apply now like we're we're a co-ed school grade six yeah. through twelve apply um 
I'm not going to apply. I still, there's still so much more you need to know before you take that action. So lining up the call to action and setting that expectation is so key. Exactly. Exactly. We did. Um, we actually relooked at our, so one other area of like not top of the funnel, but actually towards the other end of it is, you know, we have acceptances that are out and we have um, revisit days and we're inviting. So our families get accepted and have a month to make their decision. It's a really crucial time for schools to be to yeah. be showing to showing the value and bringing them to campus and do all that. So we've always had a video. A lot of schools will have a video at that time to do something. And ours at that time had always been sort of like a like a more testimonial students like talking about why they made their choice, which was good. And but as we started talking about like how can we make that better, we realized like at that stage, people know about the school. Like they they've come to an event, they come to an open house, they've toured, they've been sold enough to apply to the school and now they're deciding. So we really kind of what you're saying about like kind of solving a problem and, and thinking about it from their point of view, we realize at that point, what's more important for them to see is like energy and school spirit and feel like they're connected to a student. And so that totally changed what we did for our video at that time of year, just to be a no, no testimony is almost no dialogue at all. And it's like students like throwing confetti and cheering yeah. and and like doing that. And we got so many comments back from people immediately to be like, we loved it. We've been watching this video over and over again. We like, it's so great because we realize they don't need to learn details about the schedule and, and the after school activities. They need to feel like what it would be like to be a part of the community. And how do you make a video that then matches what that need is? So I've, I've definitely felt that like, it's hard. It's, you know, you got to put a lot of thought into it, but I felt like when that goes right, that is really powerful. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, so, it's, it's so funny. I just, you know, um, I just got off an email thread about, you know, about how well uh, a welcome video that we produced was for this particular school. And it was something really simple, you know, it was, um, you know, part of it was actually a little, a little more um, kind of off the cuff. It was just, you know, we just wanted to have that, like that warm feeling, that warm fuzzy feeling that like, you know, this is a safe place and all that stuff. Now that welcome video would probably not do as well for maybe like a different school because it's, it's different brand, different, you know, uh, uh, a different audience. Um, so, you know, what, whatever that welcome video is, I agree there, there has to be that level of energy, but kind of defining what that energy is and what that school spirit looks like is going to different from school to school. And they're yeah. fun to create too. Yeah, but it only would have worked at that stage. Like if that yeah. was on our homepage, you're like, what, you know, why is, <laughs> what, exactly. what is this place? Like, what exactly. is this? But, you know, they know enough. And now that's what you're trying to get across. Um, so you obviously produce high quality videos for schools. Um, and schools have a mix of budgets, of needs, of, of all these things. So I wonder, you know, how should a school um, balance and like other types of videos that, are good for a school to be making on their own and types of videos when they should think like, you know, maybe I should, I should like look for professional help in this, in this video. So yeah. How do, is there like kind of a, a like a balance there that you, you see with schools that could work oh, well? Oh, absolutely. So I think from a, from a retention standpoint, there's a lot of cool opportunities for, for, um, for kind of more DIY style videos where you're really kind of getting the behind the scenes of, you know, maybe there's something really fun going on in a science class, or maybe there's a really cool field trip going on, or, um, you know, really just kind of diving into like the behind the scenes of, you know, what's going on inside a classroom. Uh, and that's going to do a couple things for retention purposes. That's going to, it's going to build that trust with the current families because, you know, they're, you know, 
you're going to come across more transparent. Um, and that's also going to get the parents to feel like, oh, that's so fun. You know, oh, that's so great that they're, you know, they're, they're actually able to see what their, what their kids are, are actually, um, are learning inside the classroom. Uh, so that would probably be one where, you know, and, and at that point, those families already know you. So you don't necessarily have to put your, you know, you, you don't need all the fancy lighting or, or cameras, you know, that could even be something you, you know, you use on your, on your smartphone. Um, I, I have no qualms with that. I think that's a, a phenomenal opportunity. Um, generally what I recommend when you're, you know, trying to balance, like, you know, when do we do stuff DIY and when do we, you know, hire this out or get something more professional, um, is that, you know, it's kind of more like the enrollment piece for like new families, because now you have to put your best foot forward. Now you want to make good first impressions because those, those first impressions really matter. Um, whereas, you know, and it's not to say that, you know, long lasting impressions don't matter too. But, but at that point, you know, from a retention standpoint, uh, you don't necessarily need to have all the fancy camera gear, you know, keep it simple, keep it real. Um, also from like a logistical standpoint, it wouldn't really make sense if a school called me up and say, Hey, there's this really cool science experiment going on today. Are you able to, you know, come by and, and shoot for, you know, 20 minutes and it, it, it wouldn't make sense. Um, yep. from, from that, from that perspective. Uh, so that's generally how I would kind of probably divide it up a little bit, uh, you know, for retention, you know, you can do stuff more kind of on the DIY side of things, really kind of show those behind the scene elements. And then with the, uh, kind of new enrollments, new families looking to join, uh, that's kind of where you would probably get more professional looking quality, uh, to, to really make sure that the messaging is clear and concise. Good. And I think those, that's works well together too. So, you know, yes. if, if it's, if they see something that's really professional and it does bring them in, you know, we've talked about it a lot of times that we, we feel like a lot, like parents want to click through and kind of see what the experience for current families is looking like. So if they do go to your Instagram page and look at your Instagram stories, or they go through and they see the things that are more just in the moment, day-to-day -day activities and things that are going on, those things like work really well for them to see and get the message that's professionally made through a video and then get to see day to day. Here's what like life in a classroom is looking like, or here's what a student's project looked like, or them explaining this trip that they did. So exactly. I feel like those balance, those balance well. They do. They really do. I'm wondering too, if you pay for the professional production, like Monzo Media comes in and gets a ton of great footage, makes that kind of homepage sizzle reel welcome video. I wonder if there isn't an opportunity, if you do have the in-house talent, if you're a school marketer that's very comfortable mm -hmm. editing to take some of that stock fitted footage for quick you know, advertisements yeah. down the line or something like that. Is that a common partnership that you would have? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it depends on the bandwidth of the school. Um, you know, we're you know, we're talking to another school about, you know, where they would do something like, you know, exactly as you described, um, where it, it is kind of more for that micro content purposes. Uh, gotcha. For a different organization, you know, we tried doing that route and, you know, they just, you know, they just didn't have the technological capacity for it. So they yeah. were just like, hey, can you just make like, you know, 20 micro content videos? And, I'm, and it was, you know, it was cost effective. So instead of, you know, spending money on, you know, creating one video, you're now potentially spending that same money to create 20 videos or whatever it is. Uh, there's more, there's more, um, there's more bang for your buck when you, you know, kind of push out more volume per se. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you have the capability to, to edit in-house, um, I say go for it. 
just make sure just make sure that your production company is okay with that uh you know from like a you know rights and you know deliverable yeah like who are you know like who owns the footage uh because that can get into some of the legal jargon per se and um i personally just don't have a problem with it you know because like you know if someone emails me and says you know hey can you pull together a 20 second clip of you know just this person talking um I'm okay with doing that if we're, if we had like, kind of like, if we had like 10 of those, but if it was just for like one, I might say like, yeah, you know, it's probably just better off just to, you know, hand the footage to them and, you know, and they can, and they can look through it and they might be able to look through it and be like, oh, you know, this might be great for, for a later video kind of down the road. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I say go for it if you can. Have you, and in more of the, so the produced style videos, uh, have there been any trends or like styles you've noticed? Because I know sometimes, you know, they have narrations to them and sometimes they're more conversational or they're, mm-hmm. have, have there been any things that you've seen that are either trends or effective ways that people have have produced these videos? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it definitely depends on the school and it de- depends on the brand. Um, so for my school clients who, and, and I have two that focus on students with learning differences, um, we found that it was, it was really, really effective for, um, for there to be kind of like that interview and B-roll style approach, because you're really kind of building that social proof. Uh, and so that's what I found to be super important. And I personally, you know, that's my favorite, that's my favorite route to go. I think in general, um, families are looking for that social proof. They want to, you know, they want to be able to see the, you know, uh, see the teachers in action, hear the teachers talk, um, hear what the students have to say. Uh, I think it goes a long way and it's, and it is more conversational, uh, internally that way. Um, but there are times when, you know, something more narrative is more appropriate. And, uh, so like we just created a video about, about a school's outdoor program and there was no dialogue. It was just, you know, it was just scripted B-roll, and music and sound effects. And, you know, it would be really weird if, if we, you know, did a, you know, kind of like an, an interview style approach uh, about, you know, what the outdoor program's like, like, oh, we have this and we have that. And it's like, let's just try to feel what Mm -hmm. this is all about. Um, And I would probably say that the same for the sports realm as well. Yeah. Got it. It's like that show, not tell theory that comes into play in some situations. Others, it might not make sense. You need the context. You need yeah. to explain. Yeah. Absolutely. And it all goes back to just the beginning, which is having the plan and what problem are you trying to solve? Like even the, the style of the video helps solve that problem. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So it all, you know, and that's why you really can't, you really can't skip out on the planning. Um, you know, every time that we've had, you know, projects or clients who want to, you know, skip pre-production or, you know, maybe they've got an idea already in their mind. It's like, well, let's all talk through it because A, we, we want to make sure everyone's on the same page and B, if you fail to plan, you should plan to fail. <laughs> <laughs> True. All right. Are we ready to talk about marketing these videos a bit more? Because this is the part that I get really excited about. Um, you guys are production folks, but I, I usually get the assets, right, at Enroll Media Group, and then our job is to market them. And so I'm curious, Joe, you know, what are you seeing as kind of the best way to, to take these video assets that you're producing or maybe a school's producing and actually market them, um, whether it's on the website or social media channels? What are you seeing as popular formats out there? 
Yeah. So I think in general, you know, it's definitely varied by the school in terms of like, you know, what's been their most effective platform. Um, you know, we have some clients who've, who've done very well on Facebook. We have, you know, some clients who've done very well on Instagram. Yeah, I'm, there's, you know, I've, I've gotten a couple of, you know, thoughts about like, you know, how do we get great on TikTok? Um, and so I think it's, you know, that's all great, but I think it's, you know, it's one of those things where you want to focus on what's really working mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and whatnot. And I think the other piece of it too, there's, um, there's kind of a myth about going viral. The goal should not be to, you know, have 10,000 views after, you know, the first month that you've posted this video, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Um, you want to make sure that it's going out to the right people because, you know, if it's going out to the right people, uh, that's going to increase your conversion rates so much higher than just, you know, throwing it on the wall and just yeah. you know, hoping it works. Um, but I mean, I think from, you know, kind of like a best practice standpoint, you know, a lot of questions I get, particularly for when they want to have the, you know, the, the videos on their website is, you know, where do you host them? Um, I, I'm generally not a big fan of, 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 of uploading the video directly to the site. It, it just slows the site down. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm a big fan of embedding it either through YouTube or Vimeo. Um, each has their own advantages. Uh, that is probably for another big topic because there's a lot that goes oh, yeah. into it. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it just goes back to that strategy. Like, you know, what is currently working for you um, and how can we really optimize that for, uh, for the client and for the school? Um, so it, it, it will in, in general vary, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that a lot too. And I love a couple of things. One, embedding. Yes, you know, you want that somewhere else. Video or, or YouTube makes complete sense. I personally love YouTube because, I mean, you, you can hide it, right? So it can still be on your website and not visible on YouTube. But I do love when it's on YouTube as well because, you know, it really helps SEO. It's yeah. the second largest search engine in the world. And you can really optimize these videos for greater search visibility when they are hosted on YouTube. So I do recommend that. I know Chapel Hill Chauncey Hall does a, a great job of kind of organizing your videos on, um, you know, different playlists and whatnot. Um, but you also mentioned something else, Joe, and that was conversions. So I love that it's not all about creating content that's going to go viral. So you're, it goes back to goal setting, target audience. What action do you want those folks to take? Because personally, a bunch of people watching a video doesn't do you a whole lot of good if they're not taking any action from that. Um, so I do like that you even mentioned conversion. So something as simple as setting up um, conversions for whether it's the completion of the video, clicking through to the landing page, filling out the form as a result, um, setting those conversions up in YouTube analytics, Google analytics, or even your CRM, if you're sending it through emails, um, that's so important to do. And, and so I think that was worth just reiterating right there when it comes to marketing the video, let make sure you have a, a measurement plan in place. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's something that, you know, um, I don't run ads, you know, for, for any of that stuff that is, you know, that's enroll media groups realm. Uh, but one of the things that I do tend to help out on from like the more organic side of things is, you know, uh, instead of just handing off the videos and saying like, all right, good luck. You know, uh, I always just try to, you know, kind of come in as a, you know, kind of more of a consultant and be like, all right, you know, let's really nail down like where these videos are going. Like, you know, where on the homepage that, that, you know, doesn't make sense for it to belong. Um, here are some best practices for uploading it to YouTube. 
uh, best practices for uploading it to Facebook, LinkedIn, all that stuff. Um, because, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, people are getting, you know, the most bang for their buck and, uh, and, and making sure that they're as optimized as, as, as they can be. Great. Um, one other thing too, as you mentioned ads, um, just triggered a, a memory of, of when we had open house, uh, videos, a series of them, and we did them as, um, Google ads and video, Google video ads. One of the things you get from that, that I wasn't expecting is it, it will, be able to rate your efficiency of each of the videos. So, you know, you have them all running as separate ads and then you go and you're able to see like this student story had a click-through rate of this, this student story had a click-through rate of this. So that was one of the things I, I didn't, you know, go in initially seeking that out. But then in the end we saw like, oh, wow, this student story had double the amount of click-through rates as any of the other ones. People were drawn in by this one. They were connecting to this one. Like, let's bump this one up in our emails that we're sending to people. Mm -hmm. Let's use this one in a different way. So that that sometimes in the ads is, is a, uh, another benefit that you get is it sort of, it gives you like a rating of how effective your things are that is, it's very real. Like it's, it's based on those numbers, right. so. And the completion rate too, especially when it's longer, when it's a 30 second, knowing yeah. if somebody was more likely to complete one student's testimonial versus the others can really help you you know, assess from a content perspective what's resonating most with people. Yeah. And I think it can be surprising sometimes what connects. Like it might not be what you think. Like it's not always like, oh, this is like this is the best one. Like this is obviously, but you know what? It was the Phoenix shot video with the this that got more people in and got more people, you know, connecting and coming to the site and and you know signing up. So yeah, so that's another, I don't know, as we talk about video and, and using it in the marketing sense, I think that's a really uh, powerful way. Um, Joe, I was wondering, are there any, um, you know, mistakes to avoid that you see commonly that schools do with video? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, the first one, and we kind of touched on this a little bit in the beginning of the podcast episode, um, is, you know, really try not to shoot for just one video, really try to shoot for, for multiple videos, whether you plan on editing, you know, those videos, you know, in, in this, in this project or, or in future projects, um, I, I would definitely encourage everyone to make sure that you're planning for multiple videos um, because you're going to just save so much time. You're going to save so much money, so much energy, uh, and, and you're going to be less disruptive in the classrooms. So as you know, if, if let's say you're filming, you know, B-roll for one day uh, instead of filming B-roll for, you know, eight days, you know, where you have to go into the classrooms and, you know, it's, you know, it's, it can be a little distracting for the students and teachers at times. Um, so just being efficient with your time, I think, is probably the biggest mistake uh, to avoid. Um, and then I guess, you know, from like a production standpoint, you know, make sure you have great sound, um, get a lav mic, get a boom mic, you know, something nice, because people, that could be another reason why people are, you know, are, are not completing the video is if your sound quality is bad, you know, people will, will forgive bad visuals, but they will not forgive bad audio. Um, so making sure that you have good audio gear, I'd rather say, you know, invest in that first than potentially, you know, like lights or, you know, any fancy camera. Um, and then from a marketing perspective, you know, I would say, you know, a, a mistake to avoid is, um, and this is actually kind of like my favorite one is, you know, understand each channel. So like, don't be putting, you know, a YouTube link of your own content on Facebook because YouTube and Facebook are competitors that, you know, Facebook's going to say, you know, oh, we don't want to share this as much from an organic <laughs> standpoint. Um, so yeah, th those would be the common mistakes to avoid. Um, uh, and just to, you know, just make sure that you're efficient with all of them. 
I love that. Those are some great tips for sure. And I feel like we could have a whole nother podcast about the Vimeo versus YouTube conundrum that so many schools are facing. I know. This uh, conversation has been so helpful, Joe. Um, How can people get a hold of you? Yeah, so um, I'm I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm, I'm always giving a lot of great value, so feel free to you know connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, check out the content there. Uh, I'm you know if you want to send me a direct message there, that's totally cool too. But um, you could also check out our website www.monzomediaproductions.com, uh, and uh, my email address is obviously Joe at monzomediapro.com. Uh, those are probably the best ways to, you know, reach me and go to and get a hold of me and, you know, connect either, you know, kind of brainstorming ideas or just bouncing ideas off or, um, you know, I'm a pretty open book in that regard. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, for coming and talking to us and look forward to talking again soon. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. That was a great talk with Joe Monzo. Thank you again, Joe, for for joining us. And if anybody got any great nuggets of things that you want to do video wise for your school, either that you've done on your own or things that really stood out from that talk with Joe, um, we're using LinkedIn. That's our main our main social media for this this show here and for Upgrade School Marketing. So write to us on there, comment on this on this post, and and uh, we'd really love to hear. Um, what schools are doing for video. Clearly it's so important for getting these stories across. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And before we sign off um, this week, we wanna give a shout out to a school that's doing great work in the realm of marketing. Um, A plus for this week goes to the Faye School in Southboro, Massachusetts, because they have such a great email marketing campaign. I must say that I've been um, staying engaged all summer long, getting their emails and They've got great subject lines, great topics. Um, so I just want to give a shout out to Faye School this week. That's great. And uh, after our talk that we had with Brendan Schneider on our last episode, um, I've been really, you know, taking a look at a lot of school blogs and seeing all that. So um, my A plus that I would give for the for this episode is Proctor Academy's uh, Buzz Blog. They do an amazing job posting consistently. They're doing a great job following what he's talking about, where they're posting some school news, but then also things that are just completely targeted towards towards families that don't know about them yet in the ways that students can can improve how they're learning and, and succeed in the classroom. So Proctor Academy, if anybody out there wants to see some great examples of a blog that is just doing an amazing job of it, check them out. I'm going to subscribe right now. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, That's great. Well, thank you all so much again for listening. Um, We'll be back. We're doing twice a month. We're publishing episodes, upgradeschoolmarketing.com, and you can find us on LinkedIn. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.